Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Happy accident is the theme of my conversation with Michael, the owner of CrossFit Downtown Atlanta. Whether it was the happy accident that led him to CrossFit in the first place, brought him to owning a gym, meant they were already set up to socially distance due to layout shifts back in the fall of 2019, or led him to host the first CrossFit Scholarship L1, they have been sprinkled throughout his journey in the industry. As you listen to our conversation, I encourage you to hear how Michael is making an impact in his local community, how he has shifted his space to accommodate COVID, and how it all comes down to taking a stand. Well, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm your host, Heather Hartman, editor of Box Pro Magazine, and I am here with a very special guest on my podcast, Michael. Michael, it's good to have you here. Can you go ahead and say hey? Tell us who you are and where you're coming from. Hey, guys. I am uh, Michael Michaelides. I'm owner of CrossFit uh, Downtown Atlanta in you know the downtown Atlanta area. Uh, been an, I've been a Owner of the gym since December 1st of 20, sorry, October 1st of 2015. We've been in our current location since December 1st of 2015. And I came to own the gym pretty much by accident. Oh, well, now you have to tell us a story because you you gave us that little nugget. So how did that happen? Uh, so I started there in 2011 when it was called CrossFit on the Move. Um, then uh, some stuff happened. I left the gym came back in 2014 it had different ownership and was now called crossfit downtown atlanta um in the three months that i was there we really started to like uh like the new owner liked everything that was going on but then i lost my job so uh came in to you know once again leave the gym and the owner at the time she said to me well don't leave like how about we just we'll do the workout you and i can talk afterwards and let's find out uh, maybe there's something maybe we can help each other so I started helping her with little things, odds and ends. Uh, uh, first, just was fixing things, and um, and then it was maybe helping her with marketing. Then it was looking at her numbers. Then it was uh, following up with clients, and kind of started to turn the gym around, which I didn't even know was in trouble. Uh, so she and I started talking about um, partnering. All this time, I'm looking for another job in my in my field. I'm like, eh, I don't know if this is. Really, I mean, I always thought of myself as a as a gym goer, not a gym owner. I thought other people did that sort of thing, uh, even though I, I I did have a, um, a coaching background in wrestling for uh, some time. But that was again another thing I did as a hobby, not as a career. Uh, but then it started to get a little more serious, and I still wasn't able to to really find a job in my industry. But I was starting to really um, really consider this as a, as a real possibility. And what's funny is I didn't really think I was going to do it until I was driving my son, who at the time was five, five or six to school. And um, I've been driving him to school every day, but I just had an interview and it looked like it was going pretty well. So I told him I was probably not going to be able to um, drive him to school much more because my job had me on the road a lot, at least what I was going to be getting. And he asked me if uh, that meant I was going to be like those parents who live in different houses. And so, oh, what did that do so, to your parent heart? Did that just hit you right here? It's still, I mean, you you can, I know no one else can see me, but it still gets me every I time. I saw so. that look on your face. You were like, oh man. <laughs> so I, I just said, you know what? No, I, I think this is, uh, this is something I'm passionate about, something I enjoy. It's, I apparently am not bad at it. 
So I, I'm going to uh, give this a shot. And then the owner at the time too, she had three kids under the age of uh, under the age of eight. She's also single, um, mm-hmm. uh, but but uh, financially doing just fine. And she was ahead, having a hard time like juggling both. So she had the same struggles from the opposite arena. So she wanted to spend mm-hmm. more time with her kids, but still loved what she was doing. So it went from hey, let's partner to maybe you uh, you you take over most of the ownership to. Uh, you know what? I would like to sell you the gym, and I will stay on and um, as as your assistant uh, uh, assistant intro coach and uh, right hand. And she's still with me today. And that was five years really? ago. Really? Yeah. Whoa! Oh, that is a cool story. So, so it sounds like you were able to kind of both meet each other and your needs and what you needed. She needed more time. I mean, a single mom of three young kids running a gym. Oh my gosh. You know, props yeah. to that mama. Um, and you were like, you know what? I still want to drive my son to school. <laughs> yeah. I still want to be, I want to be <laughs> not in separate houses. Um, yeah. but I, I want to at least need... be in town for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And not be traveling all the time. So what did that transition look like? You know, her transitioning into that role, you transitioning to ownership. Was that hard? What, I mean, that, that's different roles that you guys are taking on. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It, it had been about a year and a half of me slowly taking over more responsibility. So in that year and a half, it went from just Michael, the, the guy who's helping out, to I'm the guy that everybody was going to when they had issues, when they saw something was wrong, when, um, you know, uh, like I started coaching the 5.30 a.m. class because with the coaches we had at the time at that class were unreliable. So I said, listen, I, I live five minutes from the gym. If there's no one there when you arrive, call me. I'll get there, open the doors, at least get it started. <laughs> that started, that kind of is started how I started coaching 5.30 a.m. <laughs> and then I had a conversation with the coach. I was like, listen, I'm now coaching like half your class. So it's my class now. I don't want it. But you just keep doing what you're doing and figure out how to get here earlier. And then you can go, co- and then you'll coach the 6.30 class. And then as soon as you can figure out how to get here earlier, then you'll coach the 5.30 class again. Well, then the same thing started happening with the 6.30 class. No. And then the 8 a.m. class. So I made a lot of personnel changes as well when I, when I started. But uh, I ended up becoming the morning coach on those days because, <laughs> you know, it's like, all right. How, let me into a lot of things by accident here, Michael. I'm catching a trend. Yes, yes. There's a, there's a lot of uh, accidental awesomeness that happens in my life. I guess I'm fortunate uh, by that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was funny how that was like, I, I don't want these classes. They're yours. Just figure out how to make it happen. And at, at minimum, I was like, don't change anything you're doing right now. Cause you'll get, you're at least early to the six thirty class. So now don't be late to the six thirty class trying to figure out how to get to the other class. So anyhow. So, uh, another accidental, uh, happy accident, but that, that's kind of how this started was that I just said, I'm, I'm, I'm available. I'm going to be around. So let me just be here and get better at what I'm doing. You know, and it all happened by accident. Here I am five years later, uh, COVID not, um, COVID on the side, doing, doing relatively well. I mean, I think we were actually in a point where things were about to step into um, a, a, different, a different place as far as our, our membership levels going. I was looking at bringing on additional people, maybe even expanding the gym. Uh, I decided not to expand the gym right before, um, right before COVID. I, I mean, I was about to sign the paperwork and then we just thought, you know what, I think we can do more with our current space rather than breaking into the next space and doubling our footprint. 
And thank God for that. Oh my gosh, another happy accident. There you go. That is yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. So let's, and let's talk about COVID because a little before we started recording, yeah. you brought some things up that you all had been doing. Let's, let's talk about uh, what does that look like for your gym? What's been going on with you guys? Uh, how you, how have you been reacting? Um, maybe reactionary and, uh, and, and proactively <laughs> yeah. to COVID. So uh, um, we, we were probably set up pretty well for COVID prior because we had instituted class caps beforehand. And we already had back in November, like class caps are old hat for us. We've been doing that for, I don't know, I'd say, four years and mainly because we just realized that um, when the five the 4.30 p.m. class has 30 people in it, but the 5.30 p.m. class has one person in it, that doesn't make any sense. Like those people could probably, half of those people could have gone to the 4.30 class, but we allowed them all to come to the one class. So nobody had a good experience. So um, I, had to, I had, to, had to make sure that everybody understood why we were doing it and how it was going to be a better experience coaching-wise, safety-wise, all these things. So We'd started that, you know, several years ago. And then back in, I think, November, November or October, I started creating stations. So 10 by 10 stations where you would go. So when you, were, when you came into the gym, you had your station. Your station aligned with a spot on the rig and a pull-up bar. So it helped with class flow. It made it safer. And this is all had nothing to do with, uh, with social distancing. It had to do with me just thinking, all right, there's a lot of time spent with us trying to figure out how to align the class so that everyone is safe. Like that's, that's really not necessary. We know what every class should look like. So let's go ahead and just have stations. If you're in the middle of your station. You can lift your barbell, drop it uh, responsibly and not worry about hitting someone else and not have someone not worry about someone else hitting you. Um, so our members were already ready for that. Then COVID hit, you know, and we had to shut down for a while. And we realized that the social distancing aspect was was bigger. As we were leading into COVID, I thought, hey, we're already pretty well set for this. We're just going to have to make sure that when we uh, we'll have to draw pathways when we start cl uh, class to get to the rig and things like that. And then then there was the big shutdown, and you know, the 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 plan was put on hold because we had to close the gym, at least you know, temporarily. We shifted to Zoom classes. And we did that um, pretty much every day. We're still doing them for some people who either are self-quarantining or um, just not comfortable coming back to the gym. So we do the we do the Zoom classes now Monday, Wednesday, Friday at eight five and eight noon and five p.m. Uh, alongside our regular class. So uh, myself or one of the other two coaches who do it will be coaching the class here on on Zoom, but also the class behind them. So. There'll be workouts oh, wow. that are, yeah, there are workouts that are they're set up so that they are easily transferable into the gym. So if you are, if we're doing hang power cleans in with the barbell here, you're doing hang power cleans with an odd object in the workout. So there's a couple of weeks to figure out how to make that work, but it's working pretty well now. Um, so I, where was I going? Oh yeah. So while the Zoom classes were happening, I was starting to plan our reopening strategy. And uh, we did it in a phased reopening where our first week when they allowed us to open, we didn't open that, that week. I wanted to have everything set in place. So we had our first two weeks, our first two weeks of a phase one reopening was just, you were allowed to come to the gym once a week. And it was the same workout all week. It was just, all right, we're going to lift heavy, which is something you can't do on at home. 
So we're going to lift heavy in the gym. Uh, we called it strength for the week. Excuse we'll play on words there. Um, uh, strength for the week. And that's you awesome. Could yeah, and you could reserve your spot. We had our stations. I still hadn't done the rig thing yet because it was just lifting from the ground. And then um, week, uh, the week three, we did two workouts a week. And I expanded the class, um, the number of classes. Another, another coach started helping me out. But then I was trying to figure out how do we squat the way it is now? Because the way the rig is set up, people are too close to each other. It's not, it's not safe. So I just took um so what I did is I took a week I took two weeks of this happening and between every class and on the weekends I would take down parts of the rig and reassemble them um in a square. So a uh, a typical squat rack plus a typical let's call it steel bar length uh pull-up bar uh is 10 feet. Just just under 10 feet. Then there are some extensions that go back to give it support on mm -hmm. on the pull-up side uh, and then there's nothing on the, on the squat rack side so now your weights you have weights uh on the rig so you select from those you have three barbells attached to the rig so it's a 15 a 35 or a 45 you've got um, wall ball targets you've got a box at your rig and a rower at your rig mm. you so walk it's like in a little like fitness pod a little bit yes exactly and uh the, and every station there are basically there are three different height pull-up bars so when people walk in, we say, all right, go to the station that's got the pull-up bar for your height. And then we also think like if it's a tall pull-up bar, it's probably going to be a larger gentleman. So the weights are going to be skewed heavier. If it's a short pull-up bar, same mm -hmm. thing. And then there's also a set of rings hanging from the ceiling in each, in each rig that line up with the pull-up bar. And then uh, in each squat rack, there's a set of low rings uh, for ring dips and ring rows and things of that nature. But that was wow. something I was... I was just, it was just an evolution. And I had to, I went through a couple of different processes because I needed to do not just 10 by 10 squares, but four foot moats around every square. And I had to, we have a not, uh, not the best shaped gym. So it's like a rectangle with a angled wall on the end. So basically the squares are kind of diagonally, but they're still straight on. <laughs> If that makes sense. Mm. So yeah, I you'll have to send me a you'll have to send me a photo and I can post it in the show notes so that yeah, people uh, can like see that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. Send, I'll send you a, a couple of shots of it. We're uh, we're looking at doing a um, like kind of a walkthrough pretty soon of what we've done. Because I don't know. Yeah, after doing this seminar, the the, the scholarship seminar, and then we hosted a level two last weekend. Um, according, according to everyone I've I've uh, who with whom I've had contact, we're the only person, only people doing something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard of anything like that or seen anything like that. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's it's fascinating. Well, and and you casually brought up the scholarship level one. Let's talk about that. That's something okay. I want to hit on. Um, yeah. can, you, can you go ahead and share how you got involved with that? Uh, what what it was like? Uh, maybe kind of share with our listeners. Yeah. Hey, this was you know, this was what it was. Yeah, so. Um... Scholarship level one, again, happy accident. Um, I have a, we host seminars. I have a good relationship with Chuck Carswell, uh, who's on seminar staff. Um, he's, I don't know, if you j just Google Chuck Carswell videos, and there's, a, there's just plenty of information out there by him. He's a great speaker, and he loves, he just loves the community and loves to help people. And so when I started hosting seminars back in January of 
2016, you know, shortly after we moved into the new space, um, Chuck and I have, have gotten pretty close over the years. So um, one of the things like when the, um, just a little a little tangent, when the Floyd 19 thing happened, I reached out to Chuck and I just I just said, look, listen, I, I believe in you. And if you tell me that there's a way out, like there's, you guys are fighting on the inside, I'm with you. Um, if you tell me that it's, it's, it's a, it's a sinking ship and need to get out, I believe you, but, uh, just tell me that you're, that you think that, that there's an op opportunity to, uh, to move forward and you guys are actively fighting on the inside and I'm here. And, and he, uh, he confirmed that without giving me any details. Hmm. And so that's what I said. And that's what I said publicly without saying any names or anything, just that I, I believe in this process. I believe in what we're doing, that what he said is not how we believe. And uh, but I do believe that there's an opportunity to save this ship that can do so much, so much good as a larger brand than as individual gyms. So that's kind of like how we started talking during the shutdown. Uh, I have tried to do like mini scholarship programs on my own, where I've had people who uh, were, were very deserving, uh, very passionate, but I've never been able to make help them stay, like keep them involved. Mm -hmm. One of my members, a guy named John Jarrett, uh, started the Atlanta Leadership Club, and his whole purpose in life is to mentor uh, disadvantaged uh, youth in Atlanta and, and try to help them navigate the, um, I don't know, the social pitfalls in their life that exist, either through poverty or just being in growing up in dangerous situations. So I just thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to John and see if we can just do something together, because he... That, that's what I've been missing is that he already he's already in there. He's already created this this whole um, this whole process uh, that he uses and and knows how to keep the kids involved, knows how, um, you know, uh, knows how to uh, make them feel like they have skin in the game. So I'm going to use him. And so he and I started talking. So we started doing this, these Sunday workouts with the kids. And right as that started, Chuck calls me. He's like, hey, I, I got something to ask you. And that's. And so what CrossFit was doing and what we were doing just kind of came to fruition separately um, at the same time. And it just, it was just a very, again, another happy accident um, for me and our gym, but also for the kids involved. So I was like, yeah, it's great. As a matter of fact, we're doing this thing. I think that these kids would be, would be perfect for it. Um, and then that's how that started. The first scholarship program was younger boys, um, 15 to 17 years old. There was one 19-year-old in the group, but it was intentionally um, intentionally uh, boys because we started with this one group of kids and didn't want to, um, you know, teenage boys. Uh, we didn't, didn't want to bring into uh, bring an, uh, another variable into the equation. Uh, there's going to the idea is to have also teenage girl groups and then also um, older. Um, not older, young adults, young adults who are older than them, where it's more like a, a traditional level one. But this was the pilot program. And I will say those kids uh, left really fired up. I mean, one of the one of the worries was that it was going to be too academic, but the staff really did a great job of changing the uh, or adjusting the uh, material to keep them in, excited. So it became it became something that was uh, still classroom, but less classroom, more uh, more uh, more practical. Yeah, it shortened it a little bit, 
But again, it, it was just to give them a taste of what they're doing. Now, they, uh, one of the kids had never done any CrossFit before, but five, four of the five, I think there were six total participants, four of the five from that group had been to at least one of my classes. Uh, one kid was a brother of the other kid, uh, the other kid, so he hadn't been, he'd been meaning to. And then another one is one of my members who I have been scholarshipping for a while. Um, and those kids, they, John was worried that they would be too bored the first day, but the kids left day one, just really excited and fired up. And then uh, after day two, they're just like, so do we start on Monday? Like when, like when, when do we start doing this? So we actually just had a class today and we've started a Tuesday, Thursday, 1030 class uh, just for them at the gym. Um, we had a 1030 regular class and it was not very busy. So I've decided, you know what, I'm just going to make the Tuesday, Thursday, 1030 class, the, the team's class, and it's just going to be for them for now. And the idea is to get them um, built up enough and comfortable enough where they're, there's, they don't need a team's class. They'll just be coming to our regular classes. Mm-hmm. Have they been, have they been coming? Have they been coming to that class and invested? Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. And we still do a Sunday class. That's a little bit, now they have a little bit of uh, knowledge so they can do movements that they uh, maybe couldn't have done before uh, or, or like didn't have the time to take them through something that where they might've gotten bored. But they went through this whole weekend where you need you learn the nine fan foundational movements, uh, plus get introduced to the muscle up and the snatch. They didn't take any of that stuff away. It was pretty cool. Uh, and so now they have some some basic knowledge where I can take them farther. But we're still going to do our Sunday class, which is a um, more of a uh, not in, not intro but uh, accessible, where it's like we do a kind of a t- um, fight on bad style, where we do three rounds of five movements. Uh, for a minute, but then 30 seconds rest in between each movement and a 90 second rest in between rounds and the movements, none of the movements are technical. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I got them started. And that's how they're bringing their other friends in. So that we, yeah. we do like, all right, we're doing overhead squats and we're doing, <laughs> I, I, I'll, you just start with some of these movements and there's, they, they'll just get uh, defeated right away. So um, we wanted to start with just the high intensity uh, activity that they're like, ah, we only worked for five minutes, but why am I so uh, so beat, uh, and then give them a taste of that and then move it on from there. So that's, kind of, that's basically the case. And then revisit this in a, in a, a m- couple of months or so and see how much more interested they are. And based on what I saw today, like in a couple of months, they're going to be really excited about all the different aspects, uh, that we, that we have and hopefully, um, spreading it out in their community. So they're able to bring in more people to the program and really give it, give CrossFit the methodology to people who need it most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the idea is not just to train them up in this. The idea is to train them up so they take it further. Yeah. Right? Take it further. Yeah. And, yeah. And, if, and if they want to be trainers themselves, we'll have a mentoring program. We have a mentoring program at our gym. So my, my, um, uh, my scholarship athlete who was there, he's 19 years old. He's going to be taking the actual level one on September um, uh, 5th and 6th. Uh, and then he's gonna start doing uh, like training at, at our gym to be a trainer. Okay, so did, did this, this scholarship program didn't give them like a level one certificate. It was like an intro more to like what CrossFit is, all the movements, yeah. kind of training but them what, up. But when they're ready, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I, I got from Dave, is that when they're ready, then they can take the level one certificate course 
as a uh, the actual course as a scholarship. So this is a okay. stepping stone to that. Trying to introduce yeah. it to them and make sure, that, hey, this is something that you guys could do as a career. Mm -hmm. uh, so you think this is fun? Not only is it fun, this could be your livelihood. Yeah, so kind of giving them, it's almost like a taste. They get a taste of it and they're yeah. like, you know what, this is something I want. They can go further with it and take it exactly. there. So yeah. I love that. What, what an awesome picture. That is yeah. so cool. It was neat that you guys got to be a part of that. And yeah, no, again, happy accident. Super lucky to be able to be part of the change. Yeah. And it, what good news after so much um, strife and turmoil, just the past few months, just with everything from COVID to uh, the whole shenanigan tweet <laughs> thing. Yeah. Stuff, that's all I'm going to say about it. But yeah. Um, like, well, that's really cool to see, like, such a positive thing coming out of that. And even, you know, you have these teen these teenagers now training and being excited about something that they probably didn't even know that they had an opportunity in before. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome, Michael. That is really cool. So, and so with that, I mean, can other owners get involved? Can they do scholarship programs? Are yes. you going to uh, do more? So, uh, I know that we, we're going to do more. They're going to reach out. I mean, my understanding is that they reached out to other other people as well and asked about interest. And people just were, I'm staying away. You know, not not really sure about like, you know, it's it's it, I I can see where they're coming from. We're like, oh, it's this is just this is just a CYA move. You 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 don't really care. You're just, you know what? I I think it can be like it if you don't give someone an opportunity to right or wrong it's just gonna stay that way so i i think um uh, dave re recognized you know that crossfit had spent a whole lot of time with a huge platform doing nothing and he's like that need, at least at least nothing nothing visible yeah there are things that they did i i, I mean i guess there's like the, the schools they built in kenya and then there are other things that they did early on yeah, but that stuff kind of went away, and they they never talked about it at all, so it might as well not have existed. Um, and yeah, you know, they didn't want to. And back then, you know, you didn't want to say, "Oh, we don't have." I think it's important for them to say to show what they're doing, because it also inspires other people to do things that are similar. And I think that's something that's uh, that's missed a lot, especially when people are are want to do the right thing but are fearful of it being taken the wrong way. Uh, I've I've been guilty of this. I, I, I never wanted to, like, for example, we have a, um, we did a, a, um, a pride shirt and a black lives matter shirt this year. Uh, and they're both fundraiser shirts. We're, we're raising money for the equal justice initiative and the lost and found youth organization. If you're not familiar with them, they, they help homeless LGBT uh, youth get off the street, turn their lives around. Good organization. But I always felt, felt strange. Like, I, I don't want you to, I didn't want people to think, oh, I'm just taking advantage of an issue to like, you know, make us look good. And then I thought it doesn't matter that people, like maybe someone's going to think that, but I'm still doing good. So let's do the good. Uh, and then worry. And then if someone thinks that that's their problem. Yeah. Uh, it took me a little bit to get over that. Like I wanted to just do the good and not say anything about it. Not, but I, I think it's important to, to do things that are that help people, tell people that you're doing it, so other people think, okay, it's a good idea. You're always going to have people who are going to assume the worst and think that uh, what you're doing is for um, 
you know, selfish reasons. You can't get around that. So, but what you can do is just do it anyways and help the people you can help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't control other people's responses. So they're going to respond no. that way that they want. And yeah. who knows that if you doing that could potentially inspire someone else to take action and it could yeah. be uh, a domino effect. You don't know. So, yeah. you know, maybe you'll get 10 critics, but you'll have one person who's like, I'm inspired to go do something myself in this area. So I love that, Michael. It, it is hard though. It's hard to get past that mindset. Um, yeah. but I think you, I think you make a good point about, you know, getting involved with this, even this specific scholarship level one and seeing the impact even on these, you know, this handful of teenage boys, <laughs> like that's yeah. really cool. One of them's going to go take the, the actual L1 and get into the training program. Like that is awesome. Like yeah. lives are being like at least one life is going to be tremendously impacted because of that yeah. so yeah, yeah. Um, i'll say the other, the other five who were there like I, i'm excited to see where they are in a year you know the the, the one it was funny though the one kid who was uh, who's doing the level one in september he was the only one who knew who dave castro was <laughs> none, of the other, none of the other kids had any idea who he was and and uh, he says to me, and you know, he says to me, he's I like, think I actually read that on the morning chalk up. I think you yeah. might have mentioned that. It was like only one of them really kind of knew who, we, or yeah. or maybe he was interviewed or something. But I remember reading that, and be like, yeah, it, no, it, they it, have it, no yeah. idea. Yeah. But what's funny is afterwards, uh, John John Jarrett, the, the owner of the ALC, uh, he uh, he started showing them videos, like the fittest videos, and they're like, hey, we know that guy. He coached us. Yeah, <laughs> talking about Dave. <laughs> That is so awesome. That's really cool. They just, they have no idea. And then you have other people in the, who's listening to the podcast and be like, man, I wish I could have met Dave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'll say I had a lot of people reaching out to me, um, trying to get into the scholarship uh, program. Um, and it wasn't mine to give. So I, I didn't have that, but I, I think they're going to do a much better job of trying to describe who they're trying to impact better. Cause um, many of the people who reached out to me, although I'm sure would make great trainers and a thousand dollars is a lot of money to them. It's not an impossible feat for them. Um, and I think that was, that was something that was interesting. It's like, if people wanted to just come by and um, like, Hey, I heard Dave's going to be there. Do you need any help? Which I thought was like, I, I think we're covered, but I appreciate you asking. But then there's also the, the emails I was getting like, Hey, I, 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 um, I currently go to a CrossFit gym and I would love to coach. Well, if you currently go to a CrossFit gym, that kind of means you have enough money to pay for your membership. Uh, so that means by default, you're probably not on our, our, our the people we're trying to impact here. Mm, yeah. 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 And that's a good, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, it sounds like th- the point of this is that they're trying to reach people who are, are not um, accessing CrossFit currently to mm-hmm. probably economic reasons you know yeah. they can't even pay for a membership like these kids that you're training like they're already on scholarship they're already part of a scholarship program at your gym so yeah no i think that's awesome i think it's a cool thing um i think it'll be neat to see where it goes and how it grows so i'm just i'm glad you guys were a part of it that's that was really neat so um yeah well michael man, so much has happened in the past few months you've You've, you know, you've pivoted with COVID. You've uh, pivoted with everything that happened with CrossFit. You held held the scholarship L1. I mean, oh my goodness. So I guess probably starting to kind of wrap things up. Yeah. Um, kind of curious. Any any maybe wisdom or 
things learned over the last few months that, you know, the listeners you, who have been through a lot of the same stuff um, could maybe take and apply to their own businesses. You know, anything maybe like, you know, this was a challenge, but this is how we overcame it. Or, you know, this is some of the biggest lessons I've learned. I don't know if there was anything like that you could share. I don't know. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything in the past few months is constantly changing. So uh, I would say for right now, don't get comfortable. <laughs> like just be constantly ready to, regardless of how, how good things are going or how great you think things are, be ready to change uh, when you need to. And don't, don't settle for good enough uh, when, the, when the time comes. If there's, if there's something you can do that you know will make a difference, but it's going to be a huge pain in the ass, just do it. Because it, it will, um, yeah, it, I don't know if it'll hold you up, but it'll, it's going to pay off later, not only for you, but also for your community. Um, and there are things that you think you should be doing, but aren't sure, um, do them. And if you're not sure, if you're really not sure, get, get an outside opinion, you know, so talk to your, talk to your spouse, talk to, uh, your coaches, uh, get, get some outside opinion. I'm not saying go with what they say, but getting some perspective from other people is a really good idea because mm -hmm. uh, I did a ton of stuff at our gym, uh, to say all of it was me al alone is true. No, I'm kidding. Uh, to say all of it was me I alone. I was like, huh, this is different <laughs> advice than I usually get. Say all was me alone um, would, would, is, is not true at all. My, my wife uh, could not have done most of this without her. Uh, a lot of my coaches who stepped up, uh, even though they weren't really sure because there were so many things in our state uh, that we're not sure about with COVID, stepped up because, just because I, I take stands. I'll say that. Take a stand on what you think is right, regardless of what's, go, what's going on, uh, and people will stand with you. But if you kind of just say, eh, I'm going to, eh, this, that, I don't know, people aren't going, aren't, going to, um, aren't going to trust you. But if you take a stand, you paint, it, you paint the picture, and you tell them where you are, at least people know that, and they know where they're standing. They, you know, and there's going to be some people who don't think, who don't agree with you, who think that your stand is not not where it needs to be. But in times like this, I don't think we can sit on the sidelines. I don't think you, we can sit and wait, uh, especially if we're supposed to be leaders in our community. That's my advice. Uh, take a stand, and then, but flesh it out. Don't take a stand for the sake of taking a stand. Take a stand and back it up with action. Hmm. That's a mic drop moment right there. Mic drop. <laughs> Get it? And your mic. Oh, it's so mic. good. Oh, I'm sure you've never heard that one before, right? I, I got to um, say it's the first time. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, awesome. Well, yeah. And I, I love that. I love that idea of like, you know, take a stand, stand on something to pick it and stand on it. Um, and then move forward in that. I love that, Michael. I think that's really cool. I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. I think it's awesome how you're serving your members, serving your greater community. Uh, I think it's, I don't know. It's just been awesome to talk to you today and just get your insight on what's going on in that brain of yours. Um, so seriously, thank you so much. Thank you for being here on the, on the show today. Thanks for chatting. Thanks for letting and all the owners just listen to what's going on and just hopefully they'll take away some nuggets that you dropped those mic drop right. moments. Hopefully they take that away. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been my pleasure. And uh, I hope we hope we to talk again in the future uh, about, I don't know, how great things are because of stuff, not how we've pivoted and had to change. And that wraps it up for this episode of Vox Talk. 
If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. As always, thanks for dropping in.